welcome to the Weird on the Rocks podcast. I am your host, Katie, and this is a podcast that explores the weird, unusual, strange, and unexplained, all while I'm getting my drink on. Thank you for joining me today for my very first episode. Even if there are two people that listen to this, thank you. I appreciate you, and I might not even know you, but I love you. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time now, so thanks for being along on the ride with me. I'm not going to lie, I am a little bit nervous, which is silly because I'm sitting alone in my kitchen talking to myself, but this is totally foreign to me, and I'm still um, finding my podcast voice, as I like to call it, so bear with me, and um, please don't hesitate to let me know if there are any audio problems or anything like that, because Right now, this really is just a labor of love and something creative that I want to do, but I also want it to sound good and be enjoyable, so please just let me know. I'm going to be kicking off this first episode by sharing some stories sent in by local people from my area. Um, For those of you who might not know me personally, I live in Eureka, California, which is in Northern California, way, way up about two hours from the Oregon border. I've lived here my whole life. We're a really small area. We're kind of isolated from the rest of the world. Um, And we're mostly known for our redwood trees and weed. Um, I went to Belize and Guatemala in high school. And um, some of the first people I met there were asking if we had weed. So we're definitely known for that. If you're not from here, you've probably heard about Humboldt County from the Netflix series Murder Mountain. I am planning on doing an episode about that eventually. Um, That was a pretty big show that a lot of people have been talking about, and it really um, just painted a really beautiful picture of Humboldt. I swear we are not all pot growers, and that wasn't indicative of most of the people that live here. We actually have a lot of history here, and I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's a really beautiful, wonderful, kind of unique place. And I will be getting into the history a little bit about the area later. So in this first episode, I'm going to be reading stories sent in from other Humboldt County natives. And if you're not from here and you don't find any of this interesting, I promise I will not take offense. This is just one segment that I'm hoping to do on the show. Um, But my overall goal for the podcast is to cover a variety of topics that I find interesting. So every week will be something different and Apart from a few series that I have planned, I want every episode to be a standalone episode where you don't need to have any background information to enjoy it. Some future topics I'm working on right now are some missing person cases, paranormal stories, true crime, conspiracy theories, and unexplained events. So if today's episode just isn't your cup of tea, you don't like the format, the topic, whatever, I really hope that there's something in the future that you will enjoy and that you'll find interesting. So stick around. And something I want to do on this show is enjoy a drink while I talk, hence the name Weird on the Rocks. I found that there's a common thread among some of my favorite podcasts is that they like to drink while they're recording. I think it kind of makes things more casual and laid back. And I like hearing about the different, you know, cocktails and beers they're drinking. And I truly want this podcast to be something that I would listen to. So what's the point of making it if it's something I wouldn't enjoy? And I feel like adding booze into the mix kind of makes it more authentic to me and my personality. If you know me in real life, you know that I enjoy drinking. 
So I want this to kind of be true to myself as much as possible. This first episode is centered around my hometown, so I decided to use a locally made liquor for my cocktail. Tonight I am drinking a White Russian, which is my favorite drink in the world. That's what I get at a lot of bars, even if it's summer, winter, whatever. It always sounds good to me. I'm using a vodka called Farm Horse Vodka by Dutch and Dewey Distillery, which is made in Blue Lake, California, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. And I actually first tried this vodka at a wine festival, which sounds disgusting. Um, This was up in Trinity Lake, and it was probably 100 degrees, and we had been drinking wine all day. And they were offering shots of this vodka, and uh, I gave in to the peer pressure, and I tried it. And um, it was actually really smooth and delicious, and you don't even need a chaser. So, yeah, right up my alley. I thought I'd use that for today's first episode. So before we get going and get into the stories, I do have a website. It's a little amateur right now. I'm still working on it, but it is at www.weirdontherocks.weebly.com, and Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y. And I also have an email at weirdontherocks at yahoo.com. So the email, you can send me um, any issues with today's episode, if there are audio problems, anything like that or questions you have, or story submissions, or future topics you'd like me to cover. And my website has pages for each episode. So for today's episode, I have some pictures posted that you can go look at and see some of these places that I'm talking about. There's also a page for weird, interesting news that I find. And there's a page that links to my email and Instagram. All right, so if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Got my drink here. Uh, Let's get into it. Cheers, and let's get weird. So Humboldt Bay was discovered, and I say discovered in air quotes, um, in 1806, because we had a huge Native American population here before that, including the Yurok, Wiyot, Karuk, and Hupa tribes. Um, Around 1850, Humboldt's population really started to grow during the gold rush, and Industries such as fishing, farming, shipping, mining, and shipbuilding really began to emerge, and they were eventually dominated by logging because of the amount of timber we have in the region. That's a huge thing. Um, not so much now, but when I was growing up, the timber industry was was huge around here. My mom actually works at a mill, and she's worked there my entire life. We have a lot of really beautiful and historic architecture up here, especially in Old Town Eureka, which has over 150 historic buildings that are part of the National Register of Historic Places. We also have the Victorian village of Ferndale, which is this really cute little town. They actually used it in the opening shot in Salem's Lot because it is just like this picturesque little farm town. It's adorable. I might be a little biased because I grew up here, but I really truly do think that Humboldt is really unique and it definitely has its own vibe up here and people that are from here, I think you, you know what I mean. We have a lot of culture up here and it just feels really different from a lot of places that I've, I've visited. And there's so much history in these old buildings that it's always just kind of felt a little spooky around here too, if that makes sense. We have some really old cemeteries, a lot of really old buildings and a lot of the places we'd go just shopping when we were younger were these really intricate old buildings. Um, there's not a lot of new infrastructure around here. So the place really does have a lot of culture and kind of everywhere you go, that's kind of felt. So I'm going to get into some of these stories. These were sent in from 
local people. And in later episodes, I hope to share creepy stories from other people. But for this one, I'm solely going to focus on stories from Humboldt County. So this first story is from my husband's cousin, Crystal. This first one is something that happened to a teacher of hers, actually. And the teacher, I guess, came into class the next day after this had happened and was kind of rattled and shaken up a little bit and told her class about something that she had experienced. Um, so here in Eureka, we have this really old building in downtown called the Eureka Inn. From the outside, it's it's very unique looking. It's really beautiful. It doesn't look like a lot of other buildings anywhere um, that I've seen. It was built in 1922, and they've done some renovations, but most of the hotel is um, still the same. And the bar downstairs is called the Palm Lounge, and it is all still original. And it's probably one of my favorite places around here because it has really low ceilings and brick walls, and it's just really dark and, like, moody in there. It's it's really a cool place. So the hotel has 104 rooms, including five suites, so it's, it's really big. It's pretty elaborate. Like I said, I have some pictures on my website. If you're not from here, I highly recommend going and looking at the Eureka Inn. It's a really beautiful place. When I was little, I actually had some reoccurring nightmares about this place, and it was always the same thing. I was walking up a stairway, and I would find a ghost standing in the stairs, a woman. And I had a couple times when I was little, and that place always just kind of gave me a weird feeling. When I was in elementary school, we also went on a tour there, and we went downstairs kind of under the hotel and it was really dark and it just it just had a weird feeling nothing bad but I definitely felt like there was there was something there and so my husband's cousin's teacher stayed there one night she was there at a fundraiser and it was downstairs in the bar area and she decided to have her room because she was drinking didn't want to drive home uh she came upstairs to her room she was staying there alone and she went to bed in the middle of the night she woke up because she felt a weight on the bed next to her, like someone was sitting on the bed. And she sat up quickly, and she, you know, she knew she was alone, and she looked, and there was nothing there. Then she noticed that the room began to fill up with smoke. She tried to find where it was coming from, and she couldn't find the starting point of the smoke. She said it actually smelled like cigar smoke. It didn't smell like something was burning or like an electrical smoke. It smelled like cigars. She jumped out of bed. The smoke eventually dissipated, and so did the smell. And she was obviously very freaked out by this, and um, she packed her bags and she went. She just left in the middle of the night, and she was really, I guess, rattled by this. I think especially the smell of the, the cigar smoke, you know, the smell of cigar smoke would be really unsettling if you know that you're in this room alone and you're not smoking. And, you know, the fact that people back in the day used to smoke cigars, I think that would instantly kind of make you think of maybe a spirit or a presence of someone from at a time when cigar smoking was was common and that people would smoke in rooms. So um, I uh, I don't blame her for uh, packing up in the middle of the night and leaving. I would probably do the same. So she also told me another story about something to happen to her right across the street, actually, from the Eureka Inn. And there's a building called the Morris Graves Museum. She was working there at the time. And this building was actually originally a library, and it was built in 1902, so 20 years before the Eureka Inn. It's, it's actually a Carnegie Library. And the Humboldt County Library trustees held a competition for local architects to design the building. And this was the, the winning design. 
And just like Eureka Inn, it's a really interesting, unique building. I put pictures of this on the website as well if you want to look at it. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1986. And after a restoration from 1996 to 2000, it reopened as the Morris Graves Museum of Art. And it currently holds seven galleries. So my husband's cousin, Crystal, used to work there. And this place, again, like a lot of places around here, definitely has a really spooky feel to it. The architecture inside is really ornate, antique looking. One night she was working there alone and she heard a door shut really loudly. And she was obviously surprised and startled and went to look and see who it was. Maybe someone came back in the building. Maybe there was, you know, a customer coming in and she was there alone and she uh, walked out into the lobby area and the elevator was going up and down, dinging as if someone was riding in the elevator and going from floor to floor, but there was nobody there. This is obviously something that she's, um, you know, still a little bit freaked out about, but she, uh, she has no idea what that was, if it was just a glitch with the elevator or if, you know, there was something more to it. So these next few stories come from my friend Hillary, and I've known her since I was um, probably about five, I would say, which was a very long time ago, longer than I <laughs> care to admit. Um, she grew up in Eureka, and she now lives in Petaluma, which is in the North Bay area. So I'm going to read these next few stories as she wrote them to me. About three years ago, in the house that we're currently living in, I was sitting on the couch and talking with my mother-in-law. We have a gliding rocking chair in the living room that was a few feet away from me. There was a small ball of my son's that was sitting in the chair. My husband and son were outside playing. It was just my mother-in-law in the living room. The windows and doors were all closed. And while sitting on the couch, we saw the ball fly out of the rocking chair and then slowly roll across the living room floor. There was also another time when we were laying in bed My husband was sleeping and I was reading and the TV in our bedroom that we haven't used in about two years turned on by itself. And also when I was home alone a lot, a lot of my son's toys would randomly turn on and off. While in Humboldt, I worked at a cafe in Ferndale and would have to get in early to prep and to open the shop. I would get there about six o'clock to make pastries and such, and would be alone until 7 a.m. when my coworker would come in. So many mornings during this time, I would be in the kitchen and would hear the sound of boots pacing across the tile in the dining room. I would come out to check to see if maybe a coworker was there, and there'd be nobody there. I would be alone. In the house that I grew up in in Eureka, I remember getting weird vibes around a particular area in our garage. Every time I was getting in or out of my car, I just felt like I was being watched. I told my dad about it, and he said that's the same spot that he saw the ghost of a woman holding a baby shortly after we moved in. And for the last one from Hillary, she says, The summer after my grandfather died, my mom and I went to visit our family in Wisconsin. My cousins and I went to bed. I was sleeping alone in a twin-size bed. I was having trouble falling asleep, and then I felt it sink on the side of the bed like someone was sitting there. I opened my eyes and peeked, and nobody was there. And then I felt something pat my feet. So this next story comes from an email from Robert. And he said that this took place in January of 2011. Robert doesn't actually live here. He lives in Southern Oregon. And this happened when he was driving back to Oregon from Southern California. Robert says, We felt we had driven long enough for one day and pulled into the Carter House Inn for the night. We are very familiar with this hotel and feel quite comfortable there. 
The staff, as always, were the kindest group of people. But this particular night, there were more than just the hotel staff prowling the rooms. To elaborate, in our room, someone thought we might enjoy the cool ocean breeze and opened our window about four inches. My wife is not a fan of the cold and noticed the open window and closed it. She went on about her business, but a few minutes later, she felt the ocean breeze again. Perplexed, she called out to me to ask if I had opened the window without telling her, but I hadn't. She then shut the window again. Later that same evening, I was in the room while she was in the bathroom. The windows were equipped with interior wooden shutters, and I had the street light outside our window burning a hole into my retinas. I got up to close the shutters. When I got to the shutters, the window proceeded to open. It did not just slide slowly, quietly up. Oh no, this thing flew open with so much speed as to make such a racket that I yelled and danced in place for a few seconds before hightailing it to the restroom with my wife. At first, all I could do was point at the window. When I regained the power of speech, all that I could say was, the the window. My wife and I went to the window at that point and closed the damn thing, latched it, then shut the shutters. We called the front desk and asked if there was any history of weirdness ever reported by previous guests. The clerk was surprised at our inquiry, stating that we were the first such animals and logged it into her incident report. I don't know much about the paranormal, but that was a really cool experience. By the way, the window stayed shut for the remainder of the visit. So these last two stories that I have um, actually came in an anonymous email. Two incidents at the Hotel Arcada on the plaza include a strong smell of crayons in the elevator and stairwell just before seeing a young girl following me up the stairs. She looked to be dressed from the 1940s era. She was only there for a moment and then faded into thin air. Then as I arrived at my room at the top of the stairs, I turned the handle and felt someone inside turning the handle the other direction. I was sure there was someone in the room and thinking maybe I had the wrong room or maybe it was a cleaning lady. I checked the room number and tried again. This time the door was locked, so I used my key and opened the door easily. As I entered the room, the curtains slipped up, letting sunlight into the room and then fell straight into place. I walked over to the windows and looked out. The windows were closed and there was no balcony or fire escape outside. I looked down to the street and saw no one. There was definitely the sensation that someone had just been there, so I checked the closet, bathroom, and looked under the bed. No one. So that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope some of those stories were interesting to you, a little bit creepy. Again, thank you for bearing with me in this first episode. I hope the audio and everything was okay. Once again, you can find more info about the podcast and some pictures from today's episode at weirdontherocks.weebly.com or you can email me at weirdontherocks at yahoo.com. Thank you so much and remember to cheers and stay weird. 